Oh, God has set us up so that our spirits are awakened and he's going to speak to us. The anointing of God is upon your life tonight to hear from the Lord, to have God touch you, to speak to you, to encounter you. Now I'm going to introduce Karen, and sometimes when you make those introductions, you kind of shift out of that moment of uh, worshiping and anointing, but we're just going to be, we're going to be seamless tonight. Can you go with me tonight? Okay, let's just be seamless with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Karen Wheaton is an awesome woman of God. The first time I ever heard her, I, I, I think I was watching TBN, and she was on there speaking. There was just something about the anointing of God on this woman. It just came right through that television, right into my spirit, and there was something about her passion and 100% all-in devotion for Jesus that I just so resonated with. And God has allowed her to be a part of our journey here at Cornerstone. She's an amazing woman of God. Many of you probably have heard her on times past on different television programs. She's a singer and a speaker. She began amazing youth ministry in Alabama. And out of just a handful of teenagers, God raised up a move of God called The Ramp. From it, from it, she has hosted conferences, church plants. She runs a school of ministry, broadcasts international television programs, and so much more. Oh, ladies, are you ready to receive? Oh, let's make it easy on Karen. Let's make it easy on her. Come, Karen. We're ready to receive. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Use your daughter, Lord. Why don't you just give that all to Jesus? Come on. Every clap, every praise, every breath. Come on, ladies, make it glorious. Make it glorious for him all over this room right now. Jesus, every breath is yours. Every clap is yours. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I just wonder if right there you just lift your voice. And let's just begin to praise him out loud. Clap your hands one more time. Come on. It's yours, Lord. Lift your voices, Jesus. Yours, God. Every breath, every bit of it, Lord. We love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Lift your hands to him all over the room. Lord, we are here for you. Here we are, God. We came from all over the place. Because like the Greeks said to the disciples, we want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father, for making a way for us to see Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this room. (laughs) We want you here. Tell him right now, ladies. Yes. A hand of welcome, an applause of praise. We want you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, beautiful. You may be seated. Love coming here. So good to be with you. You're right, Pastor Rhonda. The Holy Spirit is here thick. I mean, just presence. Do you sense that? Is he back there too? I know he's all thick up here, but is he back there? Thank you, Lord. I... I love you. Isn't it wonderful that you can recognize his presence? And it's everything. It's everything. 
So whatever you drove here for, whatever the need is in your life, you are in the right place because he's here and he's everything. And I'm glad you're here too, just because, just because. (laughs) I love Michigan. Such a beautiful state. It's a beautiful, beautiful state. I made it just in time for your cold. Did it just get here? Did it follow? It didn't follow me. I know I came from the south. So, well, it's getting a little nippy in Alabama too. So, but anyway, it's, it doesn't take away from the beauty of this place. I've always loved Michigan. Every time I come here, I tell you all that my dad, you know, lived in Adrian, Michigan for a little while. So... On the way home tomorrow, I'm probably going to drive right. I, I, I text my cousin. I said, do you know where my dad used to live? Because he went to high school in Adrian, Michigan, college, played football. So I'm like, I'm going to go find his house. So anybody from Adrian? Anybody from Adrian? Uh, thank you. We're probably kin. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. I love this pastor. Pastor Tim, Pastor Ron, to this Cornerstone Church. I'm so glad that they are here. I'm so glad that you, Cornerstone Church, that you are in this region. This region needs you. You are making a difference. And you are very, very significant in the kingdom. You can feel that about this place. And I feel connected to it. I go to a lot of places and I minister through the years, but I feel a connection with this house from the first time I came. And it is that spirit connection. And it is that passion for God that we share. And I just like to find people who have a heart for God. I like to hang around Jesus kind of people, don't you? Hannah, Hannah, Hannah. This girl... Tomorrow, y'all know what you're up in, in ready for, right? I remember every message you've preached, every one of them, and I've heard thousands, just like most of you. But I remember them because of how anointed and impacting they are. Hannah, God's going to only increase the anointing on you, honey. It is increasing every time. I just wonder what the years hold for you and what you're going to release on this nation. Denver is blessed to have you there. But the nation is going to hear you. And they need it. They need it. I'm proud of you and your sweet daughter. I have my friend Pam Barnett with me from Alabama. She is, um, if you've, I don't know if you've read my book called Watching the Road. I see, I see that hand. I, I see that hand. I see that hand. Okay. And then that means the rest of you can buy the book tonight after the service is over. But you, when you read the book, Watching the Road, Pam Barnett literally is it should be on every page because she walked that journey of intercession with me and she I write about her in the book significantly and so this is the first time you've ever come she's never been in Michigan before and so she is here prayer warrior intercessor the real thing in God woman of God and thank you for making her welcome tonight let's get started I've got some things I want to talk to you about because you're here on purpose you know that Yep, not just because it's a women's conference. Let me get this open. Hang on. But God's brought you here on purpose. And I'm excited about that for you. Every one of you. Please, now don't worry about me. I'm not sick. I promise. I've been tested until I'm tired of tested. I'm clear. I'm fine. I am being healed of a sinus thing, but I don't have the thing, the other thing, all right? No worries. (laughs) I can assure you, 
But some of you tonight uh, drove to this building really in need of a true miracle from God. And I am asking the Lord that tonight, by the spirit of wisdom and revelation, you will hear the word that you need to make things right and build your faith. Because your faith will be built when you hear the word. Yes, it's the word. Faith comes by hearing the word. Because the word of God is living. And when you hear it by revelation, it's not. it comes alive in your spirit. And it has the power to change your marriage. Come on. It has the power to bring your prodigal home. The word of God has the power to heal your body. Let's believe for that tonight. Come on. For me and for everybody else in this room that needs it. <laughs> the power of God. The word of God has the power to lift the pressure off of your mind that has lately felt like a pressure cooker from the financial pressure or whatever it is that you've just been dealing with. Let's just believe that tonight, God by his spirit in a moment can break the power of that tormenting spirit. Come on, in the name of Jesus. If you've been battling some of that right now, just some of the pressure stuff in your mind, stand up right where you are lately. You've just been like heavy pressure. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have brought us together. Oh, not my. If you've not been and you're sitting down, stretch your hands toward these. Father, I thank you that the breaker anointing is in this room right now to set every captive free. I thank you, Lord, that you, God, have given us your mind, the mind of Christ. And by the power of God and the authority of the blood of Jesus and the word of God, we declare right now that their mind is freed and it is loosed. And this tormenting spirit, this tormenting pressure has to go in Jesus' name. Come on. In Jesus' name name. Pressure has to go. Fear has to go in the name of Jesus. Confusion has to go in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you praise right now that you have come. You have come to set them free tonight in the name of Jesus. Now, peace come. Receive it right now. Receive it. Peace come. Rest come. Rest like you haven't had in a long time in the name of Jesus. Rest to your body, rest to your soul, and rest to your spirit. Say out loud, say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. There's one more group I have to pray for right now. If you have to have a miracle in your marriage... I just want you to um, stand. The Lord told me when I, during worship to have you stand. There's, so there's a few ladies here tonight because of the, your situation. You can't, no one knows and no one can. And the Lord wanted you to know that he does know. And he knows why you can't stand. But he also wanted me to tell you that he's going to move anyway. All right? All right. Now you keep standing, those of you standing. Those of you standing. And what I'm here to tell you right now is this word. 
Do not be afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. In other words, this battle that's come against your home. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Lord, we decree that word over our sisters tonight in the name of Jesus. And where the enemy has targeted their homes and targeted their marriages. Father, we thank you that tonight the greater one is walking into that house. Whoa, hallelujah. The greater one, wow. I see the Spirit of God moving into your house right now, and angels over it. While you're here, he's there. And Lord, I thank you you're walking into this house where she lives, and even where her husband is right now. To bring warring angels right there in the name of Jesus. I hear this. Whoa. When a strong man like Satan guards his palace, his possessions are safe until someone stronger. Until someone stronger. Until someone stronger attacks him, overpowers him, and strips him of his weapons and carries off his belongings. Your marriage will be saved in Jesus' name. Come on, give God praise because we believe that. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Wisdom. Wisdom. Amen. You may be seated. The word has power to work. Put faith out to expect it. Amen? In Jesus' name. God brought me here this weekend with a very specific purpose, and I knew it. To awaken in you a fresh revelation, hear me on this, of your value and of your importance And how much your faith and your prayers are needed for this hour. Now, I just, I could say that all night. That'd be why I was sent. The Lord brought me here to make sure that I release to you a word that awakens you to your value and your importance. How much your faith and your prayers are needed for our nation, needed for the state, needed for your families, You are making a difference. That's why you've been fought. I've been given an assignment by God to raise up an army of intercessors. It's burning in my spirit over this last year, especially it's only increased. I take that assignment very seriously. That's why every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock Central Time, I do a little thing called Front Porch Friends. Do I have any Front Porch Friends? We are best friends. We are. That's right. These front porch friends, and you can join us every Wednesday night on my Facebook, 9 o'clock Central Time. But we just are women, mainly women, or some few men, that get together and share the front porch of intercession. Praying together and encouraging one another in the Lord. Truly, and I love the name of this conference, you are Princess Warriors. You are women, an army of women, warriors. Psalm 68, 11, I love it. You've heard it, but let's read it. The Lord gives the word in a great army 
of, and if, in fact, if you look up the word there, the real meaning of the word army, it actually says, and a great host of women bring the good news. Enemy kings and their armies flee while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Hallelujah. To the enemy, you are dangerous, dangerous women. And I love that. The enemy's terrified of even just one of you because even just one of you can wreak havoc. In the kingdom of darkness. The other day I was watching Fox News and they were talking, they had this guy on there from Delta Force or some, one of those special forces. And I just caught a little statement. He said, he said, yes, we have, he said, I, I have a special skill set. And I thought, I bet you do. <laughs> That's who you are, honey. You individually have a special skill set given to you by God. And that's why the enemy is afraid of you. Then, and if, if, listen, just one of you would be something to reckon with. But all of you here tonight, an army, a host of women, it's no wonder the devil fought you so hard in just coming to the conference. Because one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. You know that. Especially when you realize who you are and what you carry. Satan's greatest fear is that you realize who you are. I love that. Satan's greatest fear is that you have a revelation of who God has said you are. God tickles me too sometimes. It tickles me who he chooses. I was reading this this afternoon in my hotel room. It's funny that he chooses women like us to do things like we do in the spirit realm. Because it's just like him to choose what the world would look at as foolish. Because to the world, we we don't really look like anything to be too concerned about. A bunch of women, mostly middle-aged women, especially me, 61. I mean, I don't look like I'm that much of a threat. You know, I mean, I'm not, the world doesn't kind of overlooks us in this room, just a bunch of older church women, okay? And I love that God is so sneaky. It's just like him to do something like this. Because 1 Corinthians, the first chapter and the 26th verse says, So remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in this world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those things, those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world. Things counted as nothing at all and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. I love that. I was at a women's conference recently and uh, I just sort of got, I was just, I had to smile to myself at, at, at the view because it was just a group of women like this. And they were just going after it during worship. I mean, I was, I was just standing in the front row. I was getting ready to speak. I was looking around at these women. And they were just lost in this worship. I'm looking around. They are just going for it like y'all were tonight. That night, there were several women all up in the front too. And they were dancing. They were just lost. Then there was two women over here, probably mid-60s, late 60s, and they had flags. And they liked those flags. And they were going for it. I mean, those flags. Why? No, big old flags. Big old flags, you know. Red flags, fire flags. They were going for it. 
And I was just watching them. And then there was another lady over there and she was just dancing, dancing, dancing. Then there was a little lady over there in the audience. I was just really getting a good view of the whole room. And there was one woman, she was probably in her early 80s. And she had her hands lifted. And she was just worshiping. And tears were just rolling down her face. She was just worshiping, worshiping the Lord. And I was looking at this view. And I was thinking, I was in Arizona, and I was just thinking, you know, all the cars are passing by at this building. They, it's just an ordinary, just a bunch of old women in there praying and worshiping. They, no, no big deal. But to hell, and the way those women looked in hell, those women with, with those flags were the devil's worst nightmare. They would have looked foolish to most of even the church. But in the spirit realm, honey, they were breaking things down. They were tearing down some strongholds. They were breaking some things open. That little lady was dancing on the head of her enemy. The other woman over there worshiping. I was just thinking, God, she is opening things up in the heavens. Oh, if you could just see in the spirit realm what you look like. Us foolish women to the world, but moving things mightily in the spirit realm. That's who you are. That's how important your prayers are. That's how important your worship is. You have no idea. If you had an idea and a revelation, you'd worship more. You'd pray more. You know it's the truth. And we ought to worship like that and understand it because we are at war. I don't have to tell you that in our nation right now, do I? We talk about it a lot. I've probably read it last time I was here. I don't know, but boy, it's alive to me right now. Ephesians. We're going to read it again. The sixth chapter and the tenth verse. For we're not fighting flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against spiritual and evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Hello? I'm glad it just says in the time of evil. That means there's a date on it. There's an expiration date. There'll be a day that that time of evil will be over. Hallelujah. Look at the next sentence. And then after the battle, say after the battle. I love that. Then after the battle, yes, God, someday this battle will be over. Yes, God. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Now look at the next three words. These three words for me this year and in 2020 especially has been just exploding in me. I can't get rid of it. The next three words. So stand your ground. Say stand your ground. That's it. That's your assignment. It's one of the things I was supposed to come here and tell you. God is calling you as intercessors and women that are right here in Michigan and all around this area to stand your ground. Every single one of you have a sphere of authority and influence. Every one of you do. Your sphere of authority is different from my sphere, my sphere of authority. But your sphere of authority matters. That's that area. That's that region. That's that realm that you've been given authority in to operate. God has put you over that area. He has assigned it to you as a watchman, as an intercessor. It's a big deal. 
I love it because, because in my sphere of authority, in my ground, so to speak, I like to look at it like this. I've got my mother. I got my dad. Well, my daddy's with Jesus. I got my children. I've got my husband. I've got my, 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 my friends. I've got everybody associated with my life is in my circle. They're in my sphere of authority. They're in my ground. Even my city. I just put Hamilton, Alabama. That's in my ground. Come on. Hamilton's going to be blessed just because I live there because I carry the kingdom of God. Come on. I have authority in that city. I have authority in my city. You have authority in Highland, Michigan. You have authority in Adrian, Michigan. That's your ground. Say, it's my ground. And inside that ground, that's where you stand. That's what, that's the ground you hold. It matters because that's what, that's what the spies told Rahab. When, 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 uh, Joshua and Kat, when the spies were about to, to destroy, uh, Jericho, they tell, they told Rahab, they said, now listen, this wall's coming down. So what you're going to have to do, because you've helped us, we're going to help you. So what you can do is if you'll go get your mom and your daddy and your brothers and your sisters and all your friends and everybody that you want in, you get them inside your house. And then outside that window, you got to hang your crimson thread, your rope. That way, when we are ready to attack Jericho and these walls are coming down, we're going to look up there and we'll see the red rope. You know what that represents. Thank you very much. The blood of Jesus. We're going to look up there. We're going to see that red rope hanging out your window. And then that way we'll know that house right there. Nobody can touch that house. That's the one that nobody, everybody's got to leave that one alone. And Rahab, everybody that you can get in that house will live. In other words, Rahab, that's your ground. That's your ground. And because you've honored the Lord, the Lord's going to honor you. So I'm telling you, I came all the way from Alabama to Michigan to tell you ladies, you need to get your ground and get it marked and covered in the blood of Jesus. Come on. Say, it's my ground. My ground. That's right. My ground. My kids are in my ground. I don't care if they don't want to be in your ground. It don't matter. They came through you. They're in your ground. They don't have a choice in the matter. That's right. Your ground. You stand your ground. It don't matter if they're not saved. Get them in there anyway. Even if your husband is not saved, get him in there anyway. He can be affected by his sanctified wife. That's what the Bible says. Come on, just because it's yours, you carry the authority there. And not only that, Peter said, not only do you stand your ground, Peter said, you watch too. From your ground you watch because the devil is like a roaring lion, just seeking whom he may devour. So inside your ground, you got to be watching. you got to make sure the devil don't get in. Come on, not, not my house. Not, I see you right there. I see what you're trying to do. Not my house, nope. Come on, you got to stand in his way. Because what you do, you get in the devil's way. No, 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 devil. I see what you're doing. I see. Not there. Not there. Uh-uh. Not in that window. Turn off that TV. We ain't watching that right there. That ain't coming in the house. That's right. Hey, not that music. I don't care. I don't care who listens to it. That's not in my house. Not in my house. We don't watch that. We don't listen to that. Come on. I, I reckon. See, the Bible even sets, it says we are to watch. We are to stand. You are to be a restrainer against the devil. I love that. I read this today. I just looked it up and got so blessed in my hotel room. I got to thinking, Lord, thank you. We're called to stand in the way of the devil and be a restrainer against the devil. Listen to this. 
Now, I know there's different ways of taking this scripture in 2 Thessalonians. But it blessed me today, and I think I can interpret it this way and be all right. 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, it says, Let us clarify some things about the coming of the Lord. I'm going to skip down quick for time. For that day will not come until there's a great rebellion against God, and the, the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. Yes. And it says in verse 6, and you know what is holding him back. For he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly. And it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. King James Version, I wrote it down. says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? He said, Paul said, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Who's the restrainer? The Holy Ghost. Where's the Holy Ghost? You know what that makes you and me? Restrainers. That means we're going to be restraining the spirit of lawlessness that's in our culture and our country right now. We are restraining. We are pushing it back. We are saying, not in my house, not with my kids. You are a restrainer. You are, and, and, and you've got to make up your mind so much that you're going to be so steadfast and unmovable for your ground. It's going to take the coming of the Lord to get you out of the way. That's how you got to make up your mind. Don't just let the devil come in and take your kids. Don't let people tell you that's just what teenagers do. Don't let people tell you, well, you know, they're grown now and you just got to let them do what they're going to do. Not when there's an intercessor in the house. Too bad for the devil. They belong to you. Sometimes they think it's too bad for them too. Because the Holy Ghost is going to follow them everywhere they go. Because even if they rebel and leave the house, mama's in the house right there holding her ground in the prayer closet. And the devil ain't, a, come on, the devil ain't got a chance. The Holy Ghost will go in a bar with them. He'll go in a hotel room with them. He'll follow them everywhere they go when they've got a restrainer. So I'm going to stand my ground. See, if you'll stand your ground, and you'll stand your ground, you'll stand your ground, you'll stand yours and yours, I'll stand mine. Before long, if we'll have an army of intercessors rise up and say, I'm going to stand my ground. In other words, I'm going to cover my office. I'm going to cover my church. I'm going to cover my city. I'm going to keep my family covered. I'm going to watch. I'm going to be a 24-7 watchman. God can wake me up to pray anytime he wants to. I'm going to be a watchman for my family. I'm going to be a watchman for my ground. Come on, if we can raise up an army of intercessors, we can change the world. Do you believe that? Just don't let the enemy lull you back to sleep on your ground and on your watch. And also don't make him let him, don't let him make you think it's hopeless and you're not making a difference. Oh, you're making a difference. All right. You've just got to hold on 
to your weapons. You've got some weapons. If you're a princess warrior, you got to have your weapons. That's what Paul was saying. So be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God. Carry your weapons well. Make sure you've got a good arsenal built up of well-used weaponry. When you talk about the weapons of God, you have to mention once again the foolishness of God as it pertains to his weapons. Someday when I get to heaven, I believe you may see a, a little room up in heaven that says God's arsenal or room or God's weaponry room. It might be God's trophy room. You'll probably walk in there and see a rod up against the wall that belonged to a man named Moses or probably a little slingshot hanging on the side over there. Probably the jawbone of a donkey over here. Who knows? I don't know. I could just keep thinking of them. Foolishness of God. Weapons that in the natural would have made men laugh. It made Goliath laugh. He looked at David and said, who do you think I am? Some kind of dog that you're going to come be with some slingshot? The only difference is those weapons were being carried by men who were living utterly dependent upon God, who knew God, either you come through and use me now or I'm dead in a nation of Israel is too. God, you alone. And when God sees that kind of faith, and utter dependence upon him. What makes a stick powerful is when God gets in the rod. Come on. When God gets in the slingshot, when God gets in the rock, those weapons become fierce. Weapons against the enemy. You make sure you've got a good arsenal built up. I've got one pretty good. I've shared with you a few of my weapons before. But today I got to thinking about them. And I felt led I was supposed to pull out my weapons since we're at a Princess Warrior Conference. I've got really good weapons. I'll tell you about a few of them. I'll tell you about a few of them. This is one. This is a great weapon. Yeah, these are these crazy women kind of weapons. When I pray, I like to make things practical. I mean, I take things, I, I do it, I like, when I'm praying, I've told you all that before. When the Bible said that we are God's ambassadors, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. My daughter was a prodigal, and away from God, I went outside, I physically, that's why I, I just do it. He said, we plead for, for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I went on the front porch of my house, screamed the top of my lungs, Lindsay, come back to God. We've talked about that before. You just do whatever he says. Why not do exactly what he says? So I just figured if the people in the Bible use those kind of weapons, why can't I? This is a word that came to me, and I listened to this today. I heard this for you. Lana Vowser released this word a few days ago, and I heard it for somebody tonight. She said, I saw mothers beating hard ground over and over through their prayers. Their prayers are for their children and their own lives. They have not given up in their faithful intercession. And the Lord is bringing increase to mothers as they press in 
They are breaking open new ground and moving into greater authority in their intercession. She said heavenly hammers are being picked up that's going to smash through the hardest of ground and living water is going to spring up from the driest of places. These mothers are breaking open wells that the miraculous is going to spring through. Your prayers, she said, are like a heavenly hammer breaking up the hard ground. Come on. No, 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 no. When you get home, you need to go to the store and get you a new hammer. It's your weapon. I'm just telling you, I just want to encourage you, you need to build up your arsenal. For the days we're entering into this nation and for our families. Ephesians said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we are wrestling, people. We are wrestling in the spirit realm. Sometimes people just want to think we wrestle not. No, it's we wrestle not against people. We're wrestling against spiritual darkness and wickedness and devils that's trying to destroy our nation and our children. We are having to fight for our children, for our homes. You need to go home. You need to get you a hammer. And when you pray, you just start walking around saying, in the name of Jesus, this hard ground of his heart is being broken up in Jesus' name. I declare it, it is broken by the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. That hard, stony, rebellious heart is going to be made tender in Jesus' name. That's I do this. I really promise you, that's how I pray. Often. I did this when Lindsay was gone, my daughter. That's why I went out. I just, this is a weapon. White Play-Doh. You wouldn't believe what a weapon this ended up being for me. I decided, I read a scripture in Ezekiel. It said that he was going to take the hard, stony, stubborn heart and make it a heart that was soft and tender. A heart that would be pliable in his hands and obey my decrees and regulations. I walked that dirt road behind my house. I got white Play-Doh because I decided this represents Lindsay's heart. And instead of looking like it does right now, it's going to be white and clean and pure. And it's going to be soft. It won't be rebellious and hard like it is right now. I walked that dirt road and I would declare with my Play-Doh, Lindsay Doss, your heart is tender. It is soft. It is pliable. It is a... It's like clay in the potter's hand, Lindsay. Your heart will be melted by the Spirit of God. What Play-Doh becomes a weapon. Who needs some Play-Doh? I like sharing my weapons. I won't throw the hammer. Come on. Come on. Who needs some weapon? Come on. I got a couple more weapons. Oh, I loved this weapon. My index cards. This is some of the greatest weapons I owned. I love this. This is a sword that destroys the devil. When my daughter was gone, I decided to take every promise God gave me and write it on an index card. I started with one or two, 
Before I know it, it looked about like this. Well, it looked about like that. I had 40-something promises God gave me. And I'm telling you, honey, what I did, for when I couldn't sleep at night, I would put my promises in my Bible. And I would sleep with my Bible on my chest when I didn't know where she was or who she was with. Because I was sleeping with a promise from God. Come on. Whenever I would pray up on prayer mountain, every day, every day, every day, every day, praying for her. Every day, every day. Every time I'd get a promise, I'd write it down. Then I would go up to prayer mountain, and I would fight with this word. I would fight with my index cards. Come on. Oh, you better believe it's a sword. I would decree it to the top of my lungs. Isaiah 49, 17 through 18. Soon your descendants will come back, and all who are trying to destroy you will go away. Look around you and see, for all of your children will come back to you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. First Samuel 38, you will surely recover everything that was taken from you. God, I thank you. I'll recover everything, everything the devil took from me. I'm going to get it back in the name of Jesus. This was how I prayed. Luke eleven twenty one. 21. I just said that one a while ago. I will do in a moment what will take it, what would have taken 20 years of counseling. I just read that one. Help is on the way. Oh, I was a promise from God. I just decreed it and declared it. Oh, I love this one. Isaiah 41, 10. You know how good that one is. Isaiah 49, 25. The captive of the warrior will be released. The plunder of the tyrant will be retrieved. For I will fight those that fight you and I will save your children. Come on. I just declared those promises because I believe those promises. Come on. Anybody else need a promise? I love sharing my weapons. I love sharing. I wish I had them for everybody. I love sharing my weapons. You take these and you fight with them, hon. You take them and you fight with them. I'm going to go all the way back here to this sweet girl in the yellow shirt or pink shirt. There you go. There you go. You go home and you get, was it the right one? Which one was it? You will recover everything. When you get home, you build your arsenal. This is one of my favorite weapons. I'm almost done. It's one of the greatest. This thing's a bulldozer. You know why? Because God gets in it. I don't, I've, I've shared the story with you here probably years ago, but I'll never forget it. And for those of you that weren't here, I'll tell you quick. Because it was such a powerful word to me that day. It was in a time when it just looked utterly hopeless in my situation. And I was sitting out in the mill house with Pam and one more lady praying in that mill house. And I honestly had gotten to the place, I honestly didn't even have words to pray anymore. And I just looked, looked at Pam and I said, Pam, y'all pray. And I just sat there and they were just praying. After a little while, Pam looked at me and she said, Karen, do you see anything? I said, I do. I see a wall. It's a big, thick, thick wall. It's ancient and it's old. And Lindsay's behind it. Pam said, well, Karen, she said, why don't you just ask Jesus to give you a tool to bring the wall down? Nothing really big epic or anything. 
in the quiet of the millhouse, I just went, Jesus, bring, give me a weapon. I, give me a tool to bring the wall down. We sat there and waited, just like this. She said, do you see anything? Well, I did. And I started laughing. She said, what do you see? I said, he's giving me a feather. (laughs) He's giving me a white feather. Because he wants me to know how easy it is. Honey, I, I'll never forget what I saw. I'll never forget that moment. Pam told not a soul, and neither did Lee that was with her. That's part of why they pray with me. Not a soul. Six months later, the situation with her had gotten far worse with my daughter. I was laid out in the floor of my living room alone, crying my eyes out, calling out to God, begging him for another word, a promise, anything. Ding, my phone goes off. I get a text. Now, it's six months later. I look down at a text from a lady who had no earthly idea what she was sending me. This was what my text said. Can you show the whole thing? The text said above that picture, remember, as easy as a feather and every wall comes crashing down. That's what the text, above the feather and beneath the feather, and that was that feather on the screen of my phone. And that's what the text said, above it and below it. It even said the word, remember. What about God who loves to text? What about God? He said, remember, as easy as a feather, and every wall comes crashing down. Honey, I'm telling you, These, what looks like the world to be foolish and silly things becomes mighty weapons in the spirit. When you get home, you make your arsenal with the promises God has given you. Do you hear me? Because he has a promise for you. Pam, do you have two feathers? Who wants two feathers? It's all I've got. Give them, who wants two feathers? I wish I had enough feathers for everybody, but I just thought of this this afternoon, didn't have time to get them all. Maybe tonight you say, well, Miss Karen, you've had years of prayer to build an arsenal, and I could keep going. I've got more weapons in here, but I'm out of time. I just wanted to show you little ways of how you can pray when you get home by taking the promises God gave you and making them practical in prayer. Do you understand? Listen, it's not time for pansy prayers right now. We're losing our children in a generation. Somebody's got to pray. It's the only hope for our nation. Do you understand that? And I'm not just saying these things to be cute and funny. I'm telling you something. I'm telling you these things because these weapons worked for me, honey. These things work in the spirit realm. When God is in the hammer and God's in the feather... God's in the rope, you can expect change in your home.
You say, well, you've had time to build your arsenal. I don't really have it, have all mine built up yet. Well, yes, you really do. You just don't realize it because you've got some weapons in your arsenal. You've got the power of the name of Jesus. That's the greatest weapon there is. The power of the name of Jesus. Philippians 2 and 9 says, God has given him a name that is above what? It's above what? Every name means every name. His name is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Everything will bow. Every knee will bow. Every circumstance will bow. And things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue confesses Jesus Christ is Lord. Honey, that's the greatest weapon you've got right there. The power of the name of Jesus. You pull it out and you use it often. You've got another weapon. The power of the blood. Oh. The blood of Jesus. What a weapon against the enemy. He can't cross it. It defeated him. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. It says Jesus canceled the record of the charges against us. And took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he, Jesus, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. That, my friend, is the power of the blood. The last couple of years, I've been battling a chronic sinus infection. Never had allergies, never had a sinus thing in my life like this, ever. Been blessed to not even really be able to be to been sick. So the last two years, it's been two major surgeries, 15 rounds of antibiotics, 15 rounds of steroids. It's ridiculous. And um, my sister, my mother, my sister, just frustrated with what in the world is going on? And what is the answer to this? And uh, my sister went on a three-day fast. Because mother said, she said, Karen, this is, it's so crazy. It has to be something in the spirit realm. My mom's 86, a powerhouse in God. She called messaging me today, giving me the word of the Lord. Mom says, it's got to be something in the spirit realm. My sister went on a three-day fast for the purpose of finding out what is going on. What's wrong? I was just saying, Lord, show us, show us how to deal with this and show us what it is. The third night of her fast, I had a dream. And I dreamed that I walked into my bedroom. And when I walked into the bedroom, I opened the door into a person standing behind the door. And in the dream, I, I, I felt the person, the door hit the person, and then I, I pulled it back and I looked. And when I did, it was a middle-aged woman, average dressed, and instantly and quickly she grabs my arm like this and pulls it to her mouth, my hand, and I knew immediately I hear witchcraft. Just like a, a voice, a word, witchcraft. She's a witch, even though she looked totally normal. And she pulls my hand to her mouth, and she is trying in this dream. This is so weird. This is what happened. She's trying to get her teeth into my vein to get into my blood, my bloodstream. And in the dream, it's all I can do, and I'm pulling my arm like this, and she's pulling. She's got her mouth up to me like this, and all the only thing that I could do was I started going, the power of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is stronger. The blood of Jesus is stronger. The blood of Jesus is stronger. And in the dream, 
The only way it worked and the only thing that was keeping her from breaking through to my skin was not just that I was saying the blood of Jesus is stronger, but I had to believe it. And in the dream, it, it was, I had to concentrate only on the blood of Jesus and not on the witch. I couldn't concentrate on what the enemy was doing. I had to concentrate on the blood of Jesus. And I had to believe in my heart that the blood of Jesus is stronger. The blood of Jesus is stronger. The blood of Jesus is stronger. And I woke myself up saying it like that loud. The blood of Jesus is stronger. The blood of Jesus. And that's how I woke up. The next day, I get a text. I know. I get a text from a lady in St. Louis, Missouri, who's an intercessor, powerful, who didn't know a thing about any of this. I hadn't told anybody. It's the next day. Here's what her text says to me, praying for you. The Lord said to tell you, his blood work is doing his work in your bloodstream. His blood work is doing his work in your bloodstream. That's the power of the blood of Jesus. Come on. That's the power of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is stronger. Say it with me right now. Say the blood of Jesus is stronger. The blood of Jesus is stronger. Say it again. The blood of Jesus is stronger. Do you believe that? One more thing and we're going to pray. One more weapon I'm going to give you. I could, there's many, many weapons in the word, but I'm just showed you my little quick arsenal. But I'm, I'm, these are the main three that I use the most. The name, the blood, the light. one more for tonight is the word. The word is the greatest weapon. It's the one that Jesus himself used against Lucifer. Face-to-face confrontation. Jesus didn't chit-chat with the devil. He just spoke the word of God. Come on. You've got the word of God in your mouth. That's why my little index cards were powerful. Because the word of God says that his word will not return to him void. When, When I'm telling you I talk about Lindsay a lot when I come here. Because it was the greatest miracle I've ever witnessed. I'll probably talk about it till Jesus comes. And you know what? If you ever ran into Martha and Mary 2,000 years ago, they probably talked about one thing. Let me tell you about this day. My brother was in a tomb. Well, let me tell you about a day. My daughter was in a tomb, spiritually dead. And Jesus delivered her, healed her, restored her, and brought her home. I'll talk about it through eternity and give him praise forever. Because God answers prayer. I fought with the word of God for her then. I'm fighting with the word of God now for some stuff. But I can tell you standing here as a witness that it works. I believed it so much that even when she was gone, I remember saying to, I remember writing it down in my journal. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away before one of God's words fail. I remember saying, well, then heaven and earth will have to pass away if Lindsay doesn't come home. 
I meant that. I knew I had a word. And I knew it enough to know that if Lindsay doesn't come home because I've got a promise from God, then heaven and earth will have to pass away. Come on. That's how much you've got to know and believe the word is true. Do you know it like that? That's what I tell people. The first thing you do when you are in a crisis of a situation in your marriage, in your children, while you're standing your ground. You hit an attack in your home. First thing you do is say, God, what do you have to say about this? God, what is your word about this thing? Start right there every time. Did you get that? Every situation you're dealing with tonight, say, God, I've heard what they said and he said and she said and everybody. What do you, God, have to say about this thing? You ask him this. That's what I, when I pray for people privately, first thing I like to say to them is what's God said to you. Because that's, that's, that's what we've got to work with. His word is everything. Once you get a promise from God, once you've got a promise from God, you've got this one thing that Peter calls the precious and great precious promises. When you have a promise from God, you are holding the very essence of God. That's why it's a big deal to, to doubt. That's why doubt is such a grievous sin. Because it questions the character of God. When you've got a promise from God, you've got everything you need to bring your situation to complete victory. Do you believe that? The most powerful life-giving thing that you can do is to pray the word of God over your situation every day. Because to pray the word of God is to pray the will of God. And when you pray the will of God, you can have what you're asking for. Do you believe that? The last verse I'm going to read to you tonight. I don't have to look it up. It just is out of Galatians. And it says this. It says, so don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. And I felt like tonight there were some ladies that were coming that had been battling with that kind of a spiritual weariness. And the Lord told me to come and to tell you, you keep standing your ground. He's going to renew your strength. You get your weapons out. Make sure you've got your arsenal strong. Don't play with the devil. Don't tolerate him. Don't settle for less. Don't negotiate with the devil. Don't negotiate for a lesser deal. And whatever you do, don't you ever give up. Don't you be weary in well-doing and praying. In due season, you're about to reap. Come on. The Lord told me to tell you, you're about to reap. It's almost here. This thing's about done. You're about to reap. And you're not going to faint. Do you believe that? Stand up all over this room. Tonight, 
if you are, I'm just going to pray with you while you stand. I'll tell you what, if you need a true miracle from God, I just want you to come and stand right down here and I'm just going to pray over you corporately. Will you do that? But I do want you to make an effort to come stand right here. Something only God can do. There's nothing too hard for God. And you know what? The fact that you came to this building was an act of faith. Some of you didn't even feel like coming and you came anyway. God saw that. It matters. Any act of faith to God matters. Come on. Even just a mustard seed can move things. And for you to step down here tonight is another step that matters to God. Now lift up your hands. Let me just pray over you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you (coughs) that there is nothing too hard for you. Father, for those tonight that have to have an absolute breakthrough right now, in Jesus' name, we declare the power of God that delivers, that shatters, in Jesus' name, every attack, every plan of the enemy. Father, I pray right now the prodigal is coming home in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm asking you to go get them tonight. I pray that you'll break every wrong relationship. I pray that you'll destroy the spirit of addiction. I pray that you'll destroy the lie of perversion that has stolen their identity and who you've made them be. I pray, God, that your purpose is awakened in their sons and in their daughters. God, go get their kids tonight. Come on, Mother, agree with me. Go get their kids tonight, God. There's nothing too hard for you. Go get them tonight, God. Go get them. Make their hard hearts soft. Make their hard hearts soft. Lord, we take authority over the spirit of rebellion and command it to go in Jesus' name. Come on, Mother. Agree with me for that. Deliverance to your children. Healing for your body. Deliverance to your marriage. God, make a way where there seems to be no way. No way. In Jesus' name. Sing it, honey. Yes, come on, sing it out. Come on, just keep your hands up and worship the Lord with them right now. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I declare over your body the blood of Jesus is stronger. I declare over your body the blood of Jesus is stronger. The blood of Jesus is stronger.
we're not done. The Spirit of God's moving. But Karen, yesterday God spoke to me and he said, I want you to stand. I want you to stand and stand in faith. And God began to speak to me. And I never do this, Karen. I never do this. But I have got to obey the Holy Spirit. He spoke to me from Psalm 129. I believe this is a word for somebody. The enemy has been attacking you. But listen to this, Psalm 129, verses 1 to 4. Many a time they have afflicted me from my youth. And I believe there's somebody here. And God, the enemy has been after you since you were young. Now listen to this. Yet they have not prevailed against me. If you read it in the Passion Translation, it says, The enemy came against me but I'm still here. Take that devil. I'm still here. I'm going to stand. I'm still here. And it goes on. It gives a description of the attack of the enemy. The plowers plowed on my back. They made their furrows long. The passion translation says this. They have hurt us more than can be expressed ripping us to shreds, cutting deeply into our souls. And I believe God has a word for somebody tonight. From your youth, the enemy has tried to deeply wound your soul. And you live with those deep furrows in your soul. But listen to this. The word of God goes on. Verse 4. The Lord is righteous. He has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. We stand within the cord of the blood that is impenetrable, but God says, I will destroy, I will cut up the cords of the wicked. And Karen, I just had to share that word. I don't know where you're at, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you just tagged that word that Karen has just preached, because I think that's a word tonight. The enemy has wounded you deeply in your soul, but tonight God says, you're still here. You're still here. And God is going to cut the cords of the wicked in your life. That's a word for somebody tonight. God's going to cut the cords of the wicked in your life. You just stand within that circle of the cord of the blood of Jesus. Let's sing, Jen. Stand up, we rise up. We 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 stand up. God, just pour your anointing out on your daughters tonight. Heal their soul, Lord. Give them strength in their spirit to stand and having done all to stand. Stand therefore with the word in the name of Jesus, with the blood of Jesus, with faith as they intercede, oh God. I believe, God, you're going to raise up an army of women that are going to intercede. I believe that, God. I believe that, God. Greater is he that is is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. The enemy is lost. He has lost the battle. God is the victor. He is triumphant. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't make defeated people. He makes victorious people. 
that's who he makes us to be because that's who he is. We got to stop listening to the lies of the enemy and stand strong because listen to this enemy. We're still here. We're still here in Jesus name. We're still here. Believe in God. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to take just a moment and give some uh, announcements for the after party. You can just stay right where you're at. And uh, Andrea and I think Leanne is going to come.